Pryor. Welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. Tim Wise and I just finished teaching a class here in Atlanta, and we're going to record a quick podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about empathy and Agile, right? That's correct. So I guess first we should start out with what do, what do you mean by empathy, and how does that relate to the topic of Agile? Yeah, so there's, there's like the definition of empathy, right? And, and what we need to cover some okay. basic grounds and everything. So empathy, in my mind, is, is when you can put yourself in the other person's shoes. Okay. And not only put yourself, but actually feel some of their emotions. Okay. Right? So you're actually, it's a bit of a, uh, an exercise of your mind. But if you're really empathetic, then you're just going to naturally do that, naturally feel the way that they would, they would feel. Okay. So I think we do that, a lot of that in, in agile environments, and we, we play those games a lot, as particularly as coaches or as scrum masters or as enterprise transformation consultants. We, we all have to practice kind of the empathetic rules. So you're not talking about the empathy of like, if I'm writing a user story, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of the customer, but you're talking about empathy for people, I'm assuming, in transformation. Yeah, well, yes, that's, that's kind of okay. what I wanted to, to take a look at today. Okay. But certainly it's analogous to that of, of putting, your roles, uh, putting yourself in the role of, of your customer or their point of view or how they okay. might feel uh, if you put something out there. Then uh, what what are they thinking, feeling, seeing? Uh, okay. What are they doing? What are their actions? So yeah, it's all it's kind of all that. So does that mean that on the coaching side of it, that what you want is for us to like if I'm if I'm coaching or I'm working on a team trying to help an organization transform, and I'm getting hassle from the PMO or from management, that maybe I want to try to understand what's going on for them with this change? Why are they so irritated by it? Yeah, I, absolutely, and it's, okay. it's not necessarily those. Actually, there's one, like the, what I call the one mistake of, of people, especially in the Agile community, okay. and not everybody, right? So I'm, right. I'm kind of blanketing it, but uh, what are we really good at as far as empathy? And I would classify that as empathy down. So empathy down towards uh, our teams or empathy across it, uh, that level of the organization. Okay. And I would say there's a lot of rhetoric and a lot of hatred that goes back up the organization. Yeah. What, and that to me is Because all the pain concerning. is pushed down by management not right. getting agile and what they try to impose on teams. This is all the time. That's right. And so it's all, it's all those things. So it's, it's like as a team, we can imagine uh, most of us grew out of those teams, right? right. So we, we've come up. But we, you know, not everyone has come from the C-suite or has been a PMO director or uh, has had the VP of sales or, or whatnot. They haven't had those positions in, okay. in all cases. So there's a lot of empathy that's missing uh, from, from that side. It's easy to say, why are you doing this to me? It's okay. much harder to be empathetic and understand why are they doing that to you. So. So in the classes, like one mm -hmm. of the things that I have a lot of empathy for is the project managers who go through this, because that's what I went through. That's right. So it's easy for me to get there. That's correct. But if I have some, you know, died in the wool waterfall executive who's only been in management for years and years and years, mm -hmm. who thinks they know better and doesn't really want to do this stuff and they're sent to the class, how do I get myself into that headspace? So my, my one key thing there is that they do want to do this stuff, okay. but... They may not know it yet, okay. but I, I think that, the, that you just hit on the point to the Agile community that I want to make is that it's, it's kind of like in the state of Agile report from version one, right? right? The number one complaint year over year, and, it's, and I believe it went down for the first time in, in a couple of years this past year, but if you pair everything together, it's about 65% that say, what's the number one reason your Agile transformation fails? Management. Or, 
it's management, right? So uh, when I start taking a look and seeing how we communicate in the Agile community, it's okay. always more of, uh, along the lines of cynicism or, yeah. and, it's, and don't get me wrong, I'm a cynic too, it's fun. Uh, but in order to enable ourselves to, to progress further, Right. In those, I think it's important to start get past that. to start getting past that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so from an empathy point of view, that's how I started exploring this, and I noticed that communication pattern throughout a broad section of the agile community. Okay. So for me, it's more about well, of course we want faster time to market. Of course we want predictability or whatever the goal may be there. Right. Of course they want these things, but why aren't they listening to us? Is okay. So I'm, I'm more reflecting that back inward than pressing it outward and saying, why aren't you listening to me? And, and instead, I'm saying, what can I do to have you better hear me? So to me, that's more than empathy. Like that, is. that is, you see, the, you see the thing that's troubling you, and rather than pushing blame at the other person, that's correct. how can I change? Yeah, so there's a bit of responsibility and, and self holding yourself responsible, maintaining control in this piece of it. Okay. That's how I approached it. But what I found was that there's an inevitable breakdown from the communication side of how we're communicating to executives, okay. to how we're communicating out and understanding what problems they're trying to solve, uh, what's going to be meaningful to them. Okay. So as an example, so do we know, uh, do you know the executive that, that you last uh, spoke to you that you had those troubles with, maybe they didn't support you well enough, uh, and do you know what their family looks like? Much like the persona of your of your customers, do okay. you know what do you know what's on the line for them? Yeah. What do they personally care about? What are they doing their job for? Because it's easy to imagine them right. being a rich fogey, right? Well, yeah, I want to ask you about this specifically because mm -hmm. I'm thinking of one group that I know I struggle with. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like we're generally pretty good at working with the teams, getting better at working with executives, mm -hmm. but that middle layer, yeah, I have empathy for people in the PMO because I come from that background, but that layer of middle management where it just seems to me mm -hmm. many people, not all, but a lot, are just kind of clicking off the days, hiding, they don't want to change too much, they don't want to get in a situation where they're going to get laid off or rift or anything like that. They don't want change. Change brings risk. Mm -hmm. And it's easier for them to just stay and yeah. try to ride it out. Yeah. So. Like this too shall pass, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's, it's harder for me to get to a place where I have sympathy or empathy for people in that situation. So when yeah. you find yourself in a place where you're struggling to get there, how do you coax yourself into that? Yeah. I, I always start with like, why aren't they willing to change? What's the okay. thing that's holding them back? Because, I mean, let's face it, we've, we've been through this enough now. We know it's a positive change. We know people are, are generally going to be happier. Not everyone, right. but the vast majority of people will be happier. They'll get better results, right? So okay. why aren't they willing to change? What are the things that, what are the barriers that are breaking them back? Most of that middle management layer is due to safety. Right. It's like, what's going to happen to me in this change? Do I have the skill set that's needed as I progress through going through this new transition in my, in my career. Okay. Uh, what am I going to do now? Um, I've skated by, you know, in some cases, there are people that do hide anyway. Yeah. So those, those are called non-performers. So, uh, and they're a big reason why executives would get, would get let go as well. So that's like third well, or fourth on Well, they're also a reason list. why executives get to climb up because you gotta have the, 
the zombie bodies to climb on to get out of the pit to get to the top. <laughs> well, maybe, I, I, I guess, on there. I would argue that the, the executives have seen uh, that they've been successful before. They've, okay. they've experienced all that success, and sure, there, there's definitely some of that, too. But um, so when looking at, like, well, why, why do executives get let go, or why does this person get let go? Right. Uh, so there's a couple, a couple of reasons that kind of stick out. I see conflicting information on this, by the way. So okay. one is, uh, from the executive angle, can we make and meet commitments? Well, if that person is just hiding away and not performing, or these sets of people are just getting by, right. it's definitely not making and meeting commitments. So okay. we want to break them out of that as soon as possible. Okay. Uh, the, the other reasons were, uh, uh, that I've seen were, would be how they handle change management. So okay. if those people, again, or if they're just skating by and not adopting the change, they're actually not changing in that, in that case. So we got to be careful of how we manage change in can, the organization. Can I interrupt you there mm -hmm. for a second? Because there's a part of me that thinks, you know, when you say, why don't they want to change? I'm like, well, they got a job. They have a family to take care of. That's right. And it's a very selfish thing. But you mentioned safety, which made me think, okay, I, that was not something that came into my head. Maybe there's organizational conditions that have to be created. So is that what you're trying to do to kind of get to this mindset to see where the motivators are driving them? And if those motiva motivators are things in the organization that you can approach to try that's, to change? That's right. So the motivation, okay. I want to understand and feel like I, I can understand now that right. why uh, top to bottom, why people aren't successful. In, in their company. Okay. So if I can understand why people are let go for, for poor performance or for managing change poorly or not be, making and meeting their commitments, yeah. not listening to their customer, I can understand that level. Okay. So then I can apply that to how are we going to help at that level. Okay. And I, I actually have been in a lot of those other ones, so uh, it's like that middle layer. Yeah. To me, it is more about safety above all else. Like, what's okay. why should I change? And there's some that, are, that already have the courage to change, and they're going to put that aside and say, okay, I realize that I do need to change. It's not safe for me to not change anymore, yeah. so I'm going to do that. There's, there's others that do hide uh, as, as well, or yeah. they'll stall things out or they'll, you know, for all those reasons. So for me, that's about being more strategic and not managing day-to-day. -day. Okay. Uh, it's easy to manage, like, who does what. It's, yeah. it's harder to do the strategic stuff and more valuable too. So I want to help them see that and help okay. them see a, a path forward. So there's, um, when you started talking about this, there's a part of my brain, maybe the project manager part. Um, if I'm having empathy for someone on a team or in an organization that I'm trying to transform, then a lot of that desire, some of it comes from a good place, but there's also this voice in the darker side of my head that thinks, well, I have this information. That's how I figured I'd crack them open and get them to do what I want. Yes. So it's a social engineering component to that as well. But you went in a different direction. You started asking, what can I change? But also, what about this organization is not set up to support? Yeah, a little bit Which about is a that. lot healthier yeah. than where I was going. But um, it's, it was interesting because it's a very different take on it. Yeah, so let's, let's take managers. And first, I want to take a step back and say, in order to create safety, right. Uh, I have a point of view on things that I believe works, uh, that I've shown to work, and right. like there's a, and the Agile community does too. So now, how do we relate that to, to them? How do we understand what, what they need? Okay. And it's through listening, right? It's, it's as simple as that. <coughs> so we've got we've to hear them, and that's the, 
the part where they're actually telling us what they need to create safety for them. Help okay. me understand my job. Help me so understand. even if they're not explicitly asking for it, they're in some way asking yeah. for it. Yeah, okay. even by their actions of stalling it out, what they're saying is, I don't trust your point of view yet. Okay. And, and what you need to earn is credibility there towards uh, getting, or otherwise there's bad I don't, I don't trust your point of view well yeah. enough to be willing to put myself right. at risk. I'm not safe enough yet, okay. to, and I don't, I don't buy it yet. Right. So what are the things that we need to talk through? What are the, the actions that we need to do? And then you would take yeah. this back up to management and say, look, here's some thing, conditions you can try to bring about change in that will foster. So it's almost like you're taking care of the soil so the plants can grow in the future. So, yeah. So potentially you take it back up to management. Some of it's just working one-on-one -on -one in education, right? And okay. helping them see uh, different points of view on things. But certainly there's a piece for structural, uh, the structural side. The classic manager one is, I'm not sure how to manage in this new world. I was yeah. tasked with doling things out and then reporting on things and where. And delivering. Yeah. And now, now uh, well, you can still report on where things are. In fact, it's much better. Okay. So as far as doling things out day to day, if that's our safety net, that's probably not a, a great safety, safety net. net anyway. yeah. Yeah. Okay. If, if I'm somebody who is completely devoid of empathy, if I'm just like, those bastards won't do anything, but I hear what you're saying and mm -hmm. I understand this is a skill I need to develop, what can I do to start building up this ability? Yeah, so there's, there's two things there. One, go research the responsibility process by Dr. Yes. Chris Bravery. Right. Um, Amazing book. So two, I think it's important to realize that, yeah, empathy is a built skill. Some people have it to begin with. Some people okay. need to develop it. Um, there's, there's, a, there's actually a process I want to encourage people to go through. Uh, realize that you have give, been given some level of access to the people that are not happy or okay. that you need to build empathy for. Um, and then realize that, uh, that you need to listen to them. Okay. So by listening to them, you can translate that into your point of view on, on things. So if you have it you mean translated. listen like without judging, without yeah. talking back, just trying what, to hear. What are, their, what are their issues? Then once you're speaking their language, you can express your point of view on it. Okay. And once you have their, once they buy into you, once they believe you, right, uh, then you have created some safety. Okay. Um, so I think that's a, an important exercise. There's tons of other stuff on empathy as well. So feel free. That's that's a, uh, an easy one to get exercises okay. around. But that's a, it's kind of the thought process for me as I go through it. Cool. Okay. And what if they want to get in touch with you to talk about this further? Uh, well, sure. Um, I'll be at uh, Scrum Atlanta every month. Okay. So we do that the fourth Wednesday of every month, except for November and December. Uh, and I'll also uh, be blogging, and you can reach me out, uh, reach out to me at Tim at leadingagile.com. Okay, cool. Dude, yeah. thanks for coming by. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate and it. that's it. So thanks for watching. If you've got any questions you'd like us to take on in a podcast, just send them to dave.prior at leadingagile.com. And appreciate your time.